This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this. And this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Another eventful week to reflect on with some highs and lows and whilst the Tottenham game was a low, my God, Seville was a high. A tasty quarter-final against Leon to look forward to that could potentially set up a Europa League semi-final against Barcelona. Lots to talk about this week before we get news from X and answer questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. X, let's end on a high, which means we start on a low. Tottenham away, given our lack of squad depth from playing 120 minutes on Thursday, did you expect anything other than a defeat? Um, I'd like to have thought we could have done better than a defeat, but I thought it was going to be tough for us. I thought it was going to be a hard game. I thought um, that we would have a um, consequence of the, you know, the, the 100 
um, 20 minutes that we played a couple of days earlier. Um, you know, Spurs have the benefit of being fresher. Um, they haven't played as many games as we have. So I think it was always going to be a factor. Uh, that said, there was a period when it was 2-1 that I thought we could have got back in the game. And had we not conceded sloppy goals, and perhaps if we'd had Son playing for us, then I think it would have been a lot closer. So... I'm not disappointed. I'm not gutted. I kind of, you know, half expected it, but I did think, um, you know, I did think we could have performed a bit better than we did. I mean, what did you think of the performance? You know, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate it? Uh, maybe six or point five, seven, maybe. I mean, we were in the game for large periods. I think you know when it was two one, we were we were in the game. But you know, the third goal was schoolboy, as David Moyes has said, and then the first two were, were great defenders. You know, if we on the back of Thursday, we really needed at a minimum to keep it tight. You know, maybe hit them on the counter or get a lucky goal or whatever. But um, we were too open, and um, yeah, it just felt a bit flat you know I think the fans felt a bit flat as well if I'm honest with you everything just felt a little bit as a bit of an anti-climax you know it's the first time I've gone to Spurs away that I can remember where I'm not completely buzzing for it you know I think the whole European adventure has, has taken our our excitement and so Tottenham away doesn't really compare now to Sevilla away or Leon away or whatever it might be so I think it was just a just a bit flat really well, it's funny you say that because I said this on the post-match video reaction that on the last podcast, we didn't even talk about Tottenham on the Sunday, no. which is incredible. I mean, when you mm. think about it, Tottenham away massive for West Ham. Every West Ham fan looks forward to that. Mm. We didn't even mention it. No. And, and that just goes to show the magnitude of that game on Thursday. And I think you're right. I think we're all sort of suffering a little bit of a hangover from Thursday, yeah. the players included, because I do think, first and foremost, we look tired. I think really... Our biggest problem was Kane dropping into the hole and feeding mm. Son. And it's a little bit frustrating with the benefit of hindsight that we didn't approach the game kind of expecting that to be the case. I almost think it would have been better playing Declan in that space like he did against Seville in the home leg mm. From, mm, yeah. from the start. Because I think Deck being an anchor man would have really covered that position well between the defence and the midfield because I think we were so open and he was dropping like he does on a regular basis and feeding Son. And when Son gets that ball when he's on a one-on-one scenario, you know, your defenders are always going to be up against mm. it. Mm. And let's be honest, Kane and Son fucking carry that team, didn't they? Oh, 100%. And, and, and yeah. I, I, I know, mate, I know they'd say the same about Declan Rice. But fucking hell, if they had an ounce of ambition, what the fuck are they doing at Tottenham? Seriously. I know, I know Kane wants to go. That's quite famously reported that he didn't get his move to Man City. But Son seems happy enough there. I mean, does he not want to win fucking trophies in his career or what? I know. They're both of them. I hate to say it about Tottenham players, but both of them could walk into any side. You know, they'd be able to play for Real Madrid, Barcelona, whoever, Manchester City, Liverpool. They'd get into any of those teams. And it does surprise that they haven't. I mean, I actually think... No song in some ways doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, I know everyone says he's amazing, and you know people say he's a good player. But you know, when you talk about the best players in the world, they always talk about you know obviously Messi and Ronaldo for years, but recently you know Mbappe, um, Salah, um, you know De Bruyne, a play people like that, but you don't hear him talk to 
about in that league, and Haaland's another one. Whereas I think I think he's up there. You know, I think he's in that world class um, bracket. And should he play for a bigger club, I think he would be talked about. But because he's at Tottenham, people don't. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't like him. I don't like the. No. You know, I don't like what he did. You know, that rolling around on the on the floor mm. after the ball hit him was absolutely pathetic. Mm. And then, mm. I don't like the way he conducts himself. But if you're honest, as a player, he is fantastic. You know, he's a, he's a superb player. And are you right? I don't know why he's sticking around at Tottenham. He isn't going to win anything there. He's, he's, I think he's towards the end of his 20s now. So you'd think he'd be looking for trying to get a move somewhere to win things. You would think so. And you're right, by the way. I mean, I think that was disgusting the way he threw himself on the floor there. I think, I don't remember who it was, but someone only passed the ball to him. Zuma. You know what I mean? It was it Zuma, was it Kurt? Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's, he's almost rolled the ball to him. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know at no. what point if he, he thinks that would be convincing. And what winds me up about that more than anything else is the fact that players don't get punished retrospectively for that bollocks. Mm. Because it is bringing the game into disrepute. You can even go as far as to say, you know, you're... You're g up the away fans and inciting some sort of, you know, aggression because that's what he's doing. When he pulls shit like that, players should be punished, you know? And then muggy fans constantly fucking bang on about it being our cup final. Oh, they God, celebrated yeah. that win like a cup final themselves and they pretend, right, that they don't care about West Ham. They fucking care more about West Ham than West Ham care about them. That's a fact. I, I fucking hate him. It's a fucking... Poor man's Arsenal, shit cunt, two bob wanky shit house football club, and I was just so fucking pissed off because it's all about managing expectations, right? And when we went to Tottenham, I think me and you both publicly predicted a one-all score draw. Did I believe it? No, I believed that we were going to lose the game. So actually, when you look at it, I think in in doses of the game, we actually played okay. But really, it screamed to me that this couldn't come at a worse time for West Ham, really. And and this is another thing that winds me up about their luck. Because once again, they've had a touch when they play us. The quarterfinal, I think we had about four or five players missing. Then they play us on Sunday after we had 120 minutes on Thursday. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, it's, whether you expect to win or not, it's never nice losing to them, is it? No, like you say, it's their fans that make it so um, difficult to take. You know, you see that video at the end where they're all coming out seeing West Ham get battered, and there's that, and there's that loser with his sign, Zuma Shanks cats, which I don't even understand the relevance of that at all. But you seem very proud of it, and um, you, you think to yourself, like they go on and on and on about it being our cup final. But my God, they celebrated that more so than we would have, I think, um, had we won it. And, you know, I'm all for celebrating wins, beating rivals, you know, even any game. You, of course, you, of course. You know, but what, what annoys me is that they deny it and they exactly. try and pull it, on, pull it on to us that we it's our cup final and they care more about it than we do. And, you know, I, I, I can't stand their fans either like 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 you. Um, I don't probably need to use as many swear words. I think you've covered it, but um, I, don't, I don't like their fans at all. Um, and I, I just, you know, you know, full well and it annoyingly won't ever happen but you know full well if Spurs ever got relegated their 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 capacity their crowds would just like fall apart oh they, they drop really a lot would. of sack of shit mate drop yeah. a lot of sack of shit look at what happened at Arsenal this is a fucking London derby and mm-hmm. what was it the 3-0 down at half time or whatever it was mm-hmm. half of them fucking walked out you never get West Ham fans do that 
ever. No, they are they're fucking vermin cunts, mate, Tottenham fans. I, I, <laughs> I fucking hate them with a passion. Honestly, I feel itchy being in, in there. Because you know me, I don't like going to Tottenham away in, no. in case we lose. Because mm. I, I've really struggled to deal with it, more so than any other club. You know what I mean? Mm. And mm. I, I just I hated being there, to be honest with you. It was, a, it was a shit one for me, without a doubt. But you know what? Going back to the game, 100% the pressure was on them. There wasn't mm. really any pressure on us to a degree because we're flying at the moment. With you know what we're doing in Europe and having played that game on Thursday, we're on cloud nine. And they went out in a fucking two-bob version of the competition that we're in. So the mm. pressure was definitely on them. And I think the pressure was also on you to a degree, mate, because going into the game, you were just four points in front of me in the mm. West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition. Mm. It is on. No, it's not anymore because I have held, <laughs> off the, held off that. I'm now about 15 again. 50? Yeah. You can't, be, you can't be 50. I am. How? Because I got Dawson. Yeah, but that's, got, what's that, 20 points? Yeah, and I got um, the uh, score spot on for... Um, for the Brentford game as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking gutted about that. I predicted 2 0 Leicester win. 85th minute, Leicester are 2 0 up and Brentford score. So, yeah. yeah don't, don't even claim your luck on that. When, when, <laughs> when the Leeds Norwich game, you had like 2 1 or whatever it was, and I had 1 0 and Leeds scored in the 95th minute or something. That was a swing of 100 <laughs> points, that one. But, but, but mate, like, you, you're your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who did you predict to score first this weekend? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I Liverpool. changed it, did I? Liverpool, was it? And did Liverpool play a game this <laughs> weekend? Yeah, but it, that's a flaw with a competition. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that out with admin because that shouldn't have been a selectable option. It and wasn't. Maybe, it was just because you didn't change it from last week. Well, that is actually also a possibility, to be fair. It is. No, it is that. <laughs> that, that is what happens. <laughs> so, so if you, this is yeah. what, you know, this is, you can't claim luck. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, the difference is um, 56, <laughs> it's, uh, wait, hold on, 47 points. 47 points. But the That's stupid fine. thing is, like, this is what's so frustrating. Like, if we were both doing terrible, then, you know, then I could probably just accept it. But the, mm. the bottom line is, I'm sitting in 24th in the whole game. Yeah, yeah. You know, know. some of them are great seasons. Yeah. No yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you texted me that, didn't you? Exactly. You texted me when you found out. Because don't you think, as well, and I said this to you, it's actually quite freaky that I think we've got 1,200 players registered to play that game. And going into the Tottenham game, there was literally four points between us. I was one place underneath you. Don't you think that's quite freaky? Yeah, think about it, is, it is annoying as well, but <laughs> freaky at the same time. I should have had this wrapped up ages ago. But, uh... <laughs> well, they, yeah, that's a strong case to say that, mate. I, there does seem to be a little bit of a Newcastle Man United element to this story as it stands. Mm-hmm. You know, a big old lead that's oh, turned into a bit of pressure now. So I'm interested to see how that unfolds for sure but i have to say at this point we would like to apologize for no burger review on sunday because Mm. the truth is we were running late to the game and whilst we could have done one after well firstly we wasn't really in the mood to do one but we would have done one but giving it some fault (laughs) we thought it might not go down too well after a 3-1 defeat hello there's also why we didn't do the t-news as well because the traffic was just absolutely horrendous that's why we were late 
Yeah, we were stuck in the traffic for ages. I was driving. You know, Dave and I signed a pack that because it was Tottenham away. Neither of us would drink, and um, I would drive, and uh, we'd, we'd both be on the same level. I turn up, he's down a bottle of his wife's pink gin, <laughs> and, <there's>, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and much to her annoyance, she's had to go buy a replacement for herself. Well, Plus, I pay yeah, for it. Come on, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, a monster. It was, it was her gin. That she was happily going to tuck yeah, and into. I'm her husband. What's more important, a bottle what? of gin or my happiness? Or the agreement we had. Both Kate and I were in shock when uh, <laughs> when we saw the terms just <laughs> shattered all over the floor. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, the the policy of both not drinking was suddenly dispersed. And as I was the designated driver, it turned out to be I couldn't make the phone calls and the the messages no, that true. I needed to, to find out the team. And at the end of the day, I have said on this podcast, I. I'm not going to put the same emphasis on it as I have done previously because, like I said, I feel I've got the team right for four seasons in a row, yeah. bar, two, bar two games. One where there was a late-minute change, last-minute change. The other one when we were in Manchester United and I was so drunk, I said Zuma was playing and then wrote out the team without Zuma in it. Yeah. Um, and then got so much stick. So two players wrong in four years. It's just not worth it. Not for 15 minutes before putting it out, the amount of effort I have to go to. So if I get it and, I, and I'm confident it's right, then I'll put it out. But I'm not going to go searching for it and putting phone calls in and stuff like that. So we're in the car. I couldn't really make the calls I could. And that's why. And that's also why I didn't do the burger review because we got there with, what, about 15 minutes to spare and a post-game burger review when we've lost 3-1 isn't really the, the sort of the vibe of the burger reviews we were trying to go for, really. No, it's not the one, is it? It's not the no. one. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, it's fair to say the boys need a rest, don't they? Oh, yeah, this, these two weeks have come perfectly for us. It's a shame, in a way, that the Spurs game couldn't have sat at the end of the two weeks off. And then it was Spurs that we were playing instead of Everton, for example. Um, I feel we'd have probably done a bit better against Everton had it been the other way around because, obviously, Everton got battered by Palace and have been massively off form um, under Lampard, finally. Um, so I think um, it's a shame that it wasn't at the end of this window. But, yeah, we definitely, definitely need it. We definitely need a, a little bit of a break now. And we which is going into a massively important final stage of our season. Mm. Ben Rama, one man of the match uh, from the patrons, followed by Rice, then Lanzini. Do you agree with that? Um, probably, yeah. I mean, he scored the goal, looked quite dangerous, didn't he? Um, mm. Good goal yeah, there as well, you know. Yeah, it was. was a very good finish, really. Um, so, yeah, probably about right. I, don't, I wouldn't have said anyone was on top of their game. I mean, Rice came second. I wouldn't have you know, he's had better performances than that, definitely. Who did you say came third? Uh, Lanzini. Lanzini, yeah. I, I think Lanzini possibly would have been my choice because of work rate again, but I can totally understand Ben Rama getting it. So, yeah, it's fair enough, mm. I think. Love seeing his mum in the crowd as well. You pointed yeah, her out. She's sitting, well, like, to the, just to the left of us, wasn't she, or standing to the left of us, and she's always there. I mean, you always mm. notice her at away games. She stands out um, because she's always in a brightly coloured headscarf and stuff, or usually at the front. Um, so you do notice her about uh, amongst the stereotypical demographic of West Ham fans, and, um, <laughs> and it's, great to, it's, great, it's great to see her in, um, in, in and amongst it and enjoying it and loving being a fan. I really respect that in in her. Mm, she'd have loved Benny's performance yesterday as well because I, I agree with that. I think he was, um, I think he was man of the match. I don't think he absolutely pissed it, but I, I think he did okay. And like I say, he took the goal really well. Like he took us all by surprise when it went in, didn't it? To be yeah. fair, yeah. Um, right, let's bury 
that Tottenham conversation now and talk about one of the most historical nights in the club's history on Thursday. Try and put into words how you felt about the performance, the result and experiencing that atmosphere. Uh, mate, it's up there with like one of the best days, um, best games I've experienced as a West Ham fan. And, you know, I've stated before I've had a season ticket for 30 years. You know, I've been to the FA Cup final. I've been to three playoff finals. I've been to um, three uh, playoff semifinals. I've been to the last game at Upton Park. I've been to that Bradford game, that Tottenham game, iconic games, FA Cup semifinal where we lost to Notts Forest. I've been to so many iconic matches. Um, where there's been huge significance, and I think I think that has got to be right up there, right up there with atmosphere and and enjoyment and buzz. You know the the whole day, like, I couldn't stop thinking about the game. And then you know I got down there early to Westfield. I went to the casino for a little bit to try and do a few things like getting the team and stuff like that. And I started talking to a few people there. And then I went and met up with Sunny. Um, Sonny Jay and Elliot, his brother, in the new bar thing near near the stadium. It was great vibe in there. And he's just, and then when you walk into the stadium, it just felt this like energy. You could just feel this energy. You walk into the stadium and then you walked in, queuing to get in. There was like a real buzz in there, real buzz, a great vibe. Um, and and it just felt electric. And then obviously I think the light show and the and the fireworks and the fire really, really helps the sort of make those European nights seem special. The crowd were just buzzing. The atmosphere was just electric. My emotions were so up and down. Like one minute I was like loving life. Then I was so nervous. And, you know, it's again one of those games that just has a script. The script being Yarmolenko scoring the winner again with a few with a few minutes to go, mm. and, you know Noble coming on the pitch and, and crying, and and it, it just had everything, mate. And it, it was so up there with one of the best games I've ever experienced. And I think it'd be fair to say there's been some you know some eventful games, some really good ones at the London Stadium. Like, you know, beating Tottenham a few times, beating Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, we've had some we've had some great results there. But I think in terms of atmosphere and enjoyment and passion, I think that's got to be the best game I've ever witnessed at the at the new stadium and it's up there with one of the best games I've ever been to in my life in terms of atmosphere and, and energy and good vibes and stuff. You know, the performance is brilliant as well. Other than aside from about 15 minutes spell in the second half where they were on top in terms of possession, we dominated the game, could have won by more. Um, every player put in a great shift. You know, you talk about all the heroes of the night, you know, but had Ariola not made that world-class and it is world-class oh, save at the start, then things would have been very different. The vibe would have been killed instantly. So don't underestimate the importance of that save. Then you look at Antonio running ragged their defense. Uh, you look at Declan controlling the, the midfield. The two center backs were solid as, as anything. The two fullbacks were great. Lanzini, you know, for now has been Rama, all of them putting such good shifts. Um, Suchek getting another goal. Um, it was just a great, great night, a great night. That's now set us 
us up for an Leon adventure, which luckily the draw went the right way so that you can actually attend. That was also, that well, was we'll, also we'll come fear. to that. We'll come yeah. to that. And then um, with Barca looming possibly or Frankfurt as well. You know, it's, it was just amazing. And I won't, I won't ever forget that experience now. I don't think for the rest of my life that was just right up there. Right. I'm putting you on the spot now. You talk about all those iconic games that contain that incredible atmosphere over the years. Pick the best one, not including Thursday night, and it has uh, to be one. You've got, you've got to, you've got to name one. Well, I think it has to be the last day at Upton Park, right? Because that's just so iconic and so significant. Right now, given the fact that there's double the amount of people, pretty much in the London Stadium, so mathematically it would swing in the favour of, of the London Stadium. Was that atmosphere better on Thursday night than it was in that final game? Uh, I'd probably say it was slightly different. In terms, I'm not yep. to sit on the fence, but slightly different because the one at Upton Park was like emotion. You know, yep. it, was, yep. it was history. It was, it was memories. It was all that had been before us coming to an end. Uh, like, you know, it was a celebration of what had been before but also a commiseration of it ending and an excitement possibly of what the new future held. That game will never be replaced in terms of significance, in terms of like that last time we sung Bubbles. You know, actually, I'm doing a Martin Allen here. I'm actually feeling quite emotional talking about it. As, <laughs> I thought it was going to start being horrible good. to me then. Uh, yeah, that. horrible to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel I'll leave that to Martin. He does a great job at it. Um, so, I, yeah, like really, really, really feel quite emotional talking about that. The energy on Thursday was different because obviously it wasn't an end of an era. It wasn't uh, hugely significant in terms of history or moving forward and stuff. It was significant in the sense that, you know, we haven't gone that far in Europe for whatever it is, over 40 years, whatever it is now. Um, And it was significant in that respect. But the energy on Thursday was more a sort of passion, a driving energy to get the result. Whereas you had that at Upton Park on the last day of the season, but it was also that sort of memories as well. So very hard to compare the two, but mate, it's, it's definitely up there. I'm telling you, it's definitely up there. I think Upton Park could never be beaten, but if you're thinking of the last game of Upton Park, if you're thinking of the second tier, the second game beneath that, you know, it, it is right up there with that Ipswich playoff semi um, where Matty scored. You know, it's up there with the FA Cup semi where Marlon scored. It's up there with the FA Cup final, even though he lost. You know, the FA Cup semi against Forest, even though he lost, it's up there with those games it really really is if i was pushed and pushed and pushed i'd probably say it's second or or third at a minimum behind that it switch playoff because Alton part was bouncing that night but I, I, it's very close very close mm, mm. i mean it sometimes gets referred to as the soulless bowl mm. right mainly by west ham fans actually mm, mm. i know this is really controversial and i don't want everyone to get the ump with me saying this but do you think not nights like Thursday night highlights a little bit of laziness in West Ham fans when you look at the atmosphere that we could generate versus typically what we generate on a Saturday afternoon at home to Watford? I think that's a good question and a fair point. Um, however, it, if you did that every single game, it therefore wouldn't be special. If that makes sense. They do it in most... other countries, so, don't they? 
Not consistently. If you look, really? if you, yeah, no, I don't think so. If you look so at in Italy, they're not doing that week in, week out. No, you look at how empty their stadiums are in Italy now. I watched, um, you know, some of Milan fan. I'm not as much of a Milan fan as I used to be in the 90s and stuff, but Milan are top of the league. So I've started to show a bit of interest this season, maybe as a bit of a, a glory fan, I guess, because I hadn't shown interest for a while. But Milan are top of the league. I look at their stadium, and yeah, there's the, there's the um, ultras, and all clubs have that section where there's the singing like element but the rest of the stadium's kind of empty as such like and not making that vibe i don't turkey i think who probably quite good at it like galatasaray and Fenerbahce and besiktas and things like that probably quite quite good but i don't think it's consistent um and i think with the premier league if it was if you created that atmosphere every single game it shows we could do it but i think it would almost saturate it a little bit i can't describe it because if you do something too regularly it doesn't become special how do you up it how do you like raise your performance for a for a massive game if it's already you've been doing the same thing over and over again do you see what i mean i think it's could be diluted almost if it was every game i think we could do it better don't get me wrong because when we've played liverpool spurs Man United, there's been four or five games this season when the atmosphere's been amazing. And then when we've played lesser teams, it hasn't been the same. But I think, um, I think, yeah, West Ham could do more. It's probably 50-50, the answer. We could definitely do more to create a better atmosphere. However, it's hard to... I don't think many clubs maintain that level of atmosphere every single game. And also, it comes down to the performances on the pitch. You know, if you're playing Watford or Norwich or whatever, the players don't get up for it as much. The players don't seem as bothered, but you can tell that every player was going to run their heart and soul out for that club on Thursday, and the supporters pick up on that. Yeah, no, I think you make some fair points there. I mean, look, I want to go on record and say that when I talk about the potential laziness of home support, I am actually talking about English football in general. I don't think I've ever been maybe with the exception of Wolves away this season, because I thought they were very impressive, actually, their home fans. But typically speaking, I think every club in English football are quite lazy when it comes to their home support. From my experience, from what I see. So it's not just West Ham. And I think to answer my own question, possibly there is a cultural difference as well. I think the British are typically more reserved than, say, the Italians or the Turks or, or or the Germans, whoever it may be. And I know you contested that when you say, well, actually, I, you don't think it is as consistent. I'm surprised when you say that. I don't know if, if it's circumstantial with COVID or whatever. But well, I don't I, know if it's all, all teams. I mean, you look, at, so you look at the Yellow Wall in Dortmund, they always seem to be quite up for it. But I just, I'm only thinking more of, like, Italy. When I've, looked, when I've watched Serie A recently, the ground seemed quite empty to me. And I remember thinking, geez, this isn't how I remember it in the nineties. I suppose what I'm doing next, I'm trying to mount a bit of a defense for the London stadium, because Mm. hopefully you'll vouch for me when I say that I think from day one, I've always had its back. I've always tried to present a bit of a case for it. And when people say, you know, it's not a, a football stadium, it's a soulless bar when I won't go back there again. You know, I've always said from day one that the biggest problem with the stadium is it doesn't have any history. So we have to create our own history. And I think when you look at games like that, I think you do start to endear West Ham fans into what that stadium is. Personally, you know, if we move up to Park aside because it ain't coming back and you just purely concentrate on the stadium itself, I don't really have too much of an issue with it. 
And there's so much has been made about the distance from the pitch to the stands. I mean, you go to the Emirates, there can't be anything in it in terms of the distance. But for some reason, West Ham's just been highlighted. And, and I don't like hearing our home stadium being referred to as a soulless bowl when away fans sing, you sold your soul for this shit, oh. I just think it's a real injustice to the stadium. And I, listen, I'm not just trying to fly the flag for the ball. This fuck all to do with him. This is purely about my experience as a fan within that stadium as someone that's accepted, reluctantly, by the way, but accepted modern day football and the inevitable progression that you'd have to make as a football club. And that typically comes with a shiny new stadium. I've accepted all that. So once I've accepted it, and I see games like Thursday night, I think, do you know what? Are we actually giving it a bit of bad press? How much of our match day experience do we have to blame ourselves for if we haven't necessarily enjoyed a game of football there? Because on Thursday night, there wouldn't have been one fan walking out of that stadium moaning about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, But look, like I say, I think it's a cultural thing because um, uh, every home support, to my knowledge, typically isn't fantastic. It tends to belong to the away fans, really, and West Ham are no different in that respect. Mm -hmm. Um, But, mate, honestly, the game itself, as you know, I watched it from home because I chose to watch it with my youngest who's developed a real enthusiasm for West Ham over the last six months. And I sort of took one, really, to to try and... uh, put that uh, I suppose exploit that enthusiasm to try and um, grow the next generation if you like so that's the reason I wasn't there Um, but the game had everything you know absolutely everything character bravery desire organization quality and honestly I was close to tears genuinely really close to tears it was a really emotional night for every West Ham fan and then with a hangover we saw the draw for the quarters and the semi I mean fucking hell I had a semi watching it um (laughs) What do you think of our French opponents in the quarters? Um, it was the draw, actually, out of all of them that I, actually, that I wanted for, for various reasons because, you know, obviously I wanted it to go the way it did in terms of us being at home first. I mean, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't want it to go that way. I'd want West Ham to be um, at home in the last game because I think yep, it makes yep. a big difference. But, um, like, it's certainly against the field, but for selfish reasons, you know, you couldn't make it if it was the other way around. So the first thing I wanted to happen was that. So well, I, th- I think we should actually put a little bit more drama behind this story because we were literally shitting ourselves weren't we because listen i'm a fucking idiot right i'm an absolute idiot you're gonna tell me you knew that anyway but i'm an absolute (laughs) idiot because i did i did book a week away to somerset uh for the wife and kids and me obviously um but when i booked it i sort of thought right okay it was on a bit of a whim i sort of saw something good and the accommodation was great and all that i thought now i've got to book it because typically on these websites i say one left two left and i got sucking into it and i just booked it and i just in my mind i just thought right it's not on a saturday won't interfere with football we'll be okay but then of course i didn't think about the europa league so when i booked it i thought okay that's that's sorted and then you told me well, that actually clashes with the first leg of the next round. I thought, oh, my fucking God. And, I mean, we had the best time in Seville X, didn't we? I mean, yeah. we, st- we still laugh about it now. Yeah. We were laughing about it on the way to Tottenham yesterday, weren't we? We were fucking yeah. laughing about the stories. <laughs> so, so, to potentially have missed out on Leon away, if we were drawn to play away first, was crippling. And me and you were swapping messages as a draw was happening, weren't we? We were just yeah. like, fucking, this is horrible. 
because the first two came out, and obviously West Ham were in the first two, weren't we? <laughs> no, so, we were, so we were like, oh, God, I'm going to literally live messaging each other as it was happening. And uh, I just got, I just had it in my head. We'd get Barcelona, and it would be the way we didn't want it, and we'd just be gutted that you couldn't therefore make it and stuff. But uh, so, so, therefore, the way it turned out was actually perfect because I didn't want Barcelona uh, because I thought, you know, they're likely to beat us. Like, I know it's a pessimistic view, but if we're going to play Barcelona, let's play them later in the tournament. Rangers, I would be quite excited for, because I'd like to go to Ibrox, but let's be honest, in terms of all the places to go to, Glasgow is not the most exciting. Um, Braga, I'd looked into that. I thought, yeah, Braga would be good, because they're probably the weakest team in the in the tournament still left. Um, but it looked like a bit of a nightmare to try and get to Braga. And I can't say it's ever really been on my most like desired places. Def- definitely didn't want Frankfurt after the stuff that happened in Seville and just Frankfurt's not really appealed to me either. And I've got sort of sort of personal reasons for not wanting to go to Frankfurt as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, which are like quite per- like sentimental and emotional to me. Um, and then, um, and then there was Leipzig again, I wasn't particularly wanting them. They're a good team as well. Atalanta, I was kind of all right with that one. You know, it's near Milan. You know, I thought that'd be quite a good one. Um, but Lyon were the ones that stood out to me. I thought, you know, French team, they're 10th in the league. I thought, I'm obviously not going to underestimate them, but they've not had the graces of season. So on paper, they're one of the weaker teams still left. France, easy to get to. Love France. Um, great country. Um, so it's worked out how I'd want it to work out. Part hopefully Barcelona in the semi and then it wouldn't it be fair if it was a Rangers in the final in Seville oh fucking hell mate the whole thing just feels like a dream honestly I mean yeah. it's been such an incredible achievement to get as far as we have but it was funny I mean the relief was overwhelming I've just yeah. looked through our um, our history of, of text messages I don't know if you can get this or not but I don't know how this is going to come out but the second it was uh, it was drawn and we were uh, at home to start with. This was my voice note to you. Hang on. Yeah! <laughs> Get in! <laughs> which, which, which was followed by this one. Oh, play! <laughs> <laughs> Maximising my, uh, my understanding of the French language. Uh, but you know what's funny? You're talking about the French language. I mean, I think we might have covered this, but when we was in Seville, you know, to your credit, you had a go, didn't you? When we was in the yeah. restaurant, you know, yeah. you, you you did you did look it up and you you tried to properly order our food in Spanish. And credit to you for that. And I remember when we was on the roof terrace at our hotel ordering some drinks. I fucking went to the bar and I said, uh, "Excuse me, mate." I said, uh, "Dos beers." Please, mate. <laughs> and I turned away thinking I was the bollocks. That's what I thought I called you Del Boy at that point. Bobby <laughs> Dave is in the building. Yeah. See, I can actually speak a minimal bit of French. So, well, so yeah, well, 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 hang on a minute. No, I'm not having that because you told me in the car. You didn't use the word minimal. You said you, you have a basic understanding of the French language because you did very well in that language study at school. So I'm actually expecting quite decent things from you in well, France. I've got an A at GCSE, which considering the French teacher would never let me in her lessons. And the minute I turned up, I was going to say my name there, but she'd go, X, get out. 
I'd go, why? I've just said, actually, I know you're going to muck around, just get out. I'd be like, you can't do that. And so much that my mum and dad complained about her in the end because she wouldn't teach me. So it was so glorious. That I, it made me more, this is how I work. I was more determined to pass that GCSE than any of my other GCSEs because I wanted to prove to her like, that I was actually intelligent and stuff. So, so yeah, so I got that um, at GCSE level. I, I, I can't say that I'm particularly great. Like, I wouldn't, I couldn't have a, like an in-depth conversation with anyone. Do, do you know how to say, where's the nearest strip club, mate? <laughs> I don't have to say where is the, the, I don't know what strip club is, but it's like, who ain't the strip club? Who ain't the strip club, mon ami? See play? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we are, for the benefit of our wives, we are, of course, only joking. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. but you know, I just in case there might be any other West Ham fans listening to this that might partake in uh, <laughs> uh, a, a strip club when they're in Lyon, uh, it would be for their benefit. But um, there you, you go. Know. So I can understand it better than I can speak it. Obviously, I have a real issue with uh, pronunciation and accents. So, uh, Fuck, can you do in English? Well, well this, is what, this is what I mean. So can you imagine what my French probably sounds like? So I'm better off listening to it. So that that that'd be good. And you know, me trying to understand. Um, uh, basic level French is probably equivalent to me trying to understand you on a night out so I'm probably quite <laughs> quite, quite trained it to be fair so I reckon I'll be alright <laughs> well some interesting facts about Leon for you and all okay. of our lovely listeners oh, I like this this is a okay. new seat feature more concentrating on a club to be fair than, than oh, okay. the city itself no, we'll see it all the city tour though so we'll be alright Right, you've just killed my joke there, oh, which is uh, oh, okay. really disappointing. But, you know, <laughs> I'll turn a blind eye at that because that was actually going to be my punchline at the end of it. Oh, oh, um, so let's pretend you never said that. And then the show's, actually, this show's not scripted, though. It does, idea. it does. So when yeah. I actually deliver the punchline at the end, can you just laugh like okay. like you hadn't just fucking shit all over my joke? Okay? <laughs> can we agree on that? <laughs> sure. Okay. So some interesting facts about Leon for you. Founded in 1896 as Racing Club de Lyon, they re-established themselves as Olympic Lyonnais in 1950. Their nickname is Legun, which translates to the kids. Don't know why. Haven't looked into it. Couldn't be bothered, to be honest. Strange nickname, but that's the nickname. Their stadium capacity is just over 59,000. Their biggest rivals are St. Etienne. And they competed in the Champions League uh, 17 times, making the semi-final in 2010 after three quarter-final appearances in previous years. And arguably, the most important fact about this and that city, which I know is something you're going to be all over, is that they also do an open top city bus tour, mate? <laughs> do they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside, they do. And then you yeah. are all over that, aren't you? And to I really be fair, knew it, mate. To be fair. Our beautiful experience in Seville, I am as well. So yeah. that's got to be on the to do list straight away, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. Uh-oh. Should we drain the autobus? Oh, you're showing off. <laughs> I don't know I what have, you just said. I, I would like the autobus, I think, which doesn't quite translate how I wanted it to, but, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, no, I'm, I'm yeah, buzzing for the open top bus, definitely, with, uh, with a glass of uh, Chevignon. And, uh... <laughs> do you know what? I said to you as well that obviously we do the burger reviews and people enjoy them. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I was thinking, obviously, we'll go out for a nice bit to eat or whatever. But as a bit of a sort of um, sideshow, 
maybe we can uh, do a recording of eating some snails and frogs leg. I mean, I, I can't really think of anything worse, but for I've Bates, eaten it snail, might be quite a good idea. I've eaten snails before. I What's remember like? Uh, I don't really remember too much. I mean, I, the, the story behind it is in a nutshell that I went on a French, French exchange when I was like 13, 14. I had to stay with a French family and it was in the middle of nowhere. I don't have a clue. I don't even know if it was north, south, west, east, wherever out of France. I'm going to go with north because I don't remember being on a coach for too long. But I didn't know you anyway. did that. Yeah, so I stayed out there for a week with this French family and um, actually stayed with another West Ham fan. Um, so I could probably shout him out, but might give a little bit of whack, too much away about myself. But I said that was me and him from the same school within his French family. And um, they made a, randomly, they owned a farm right, in the middle of nowhere and they made us work on this farm for a few days. It was horrendous. I remember a cow <laughs> gave birth to a calf while we were there. We had to watch it and everything. It was uh, honestly, I seriously disturbing. But my my French wasn't obviously as perfected as it is now. And uh, I remember <laughs> the first thing they said to me was something like, you do, you look like you have foreign blood, something along those lines, but more basic than that. And I said I was Italian, right? I have Italian blood or whatever. But <laughs> and So they ended up putting, I don't know why, such a stereotype here, about five or six blankets on my bed because they thought I was going to be cold in France. And I was absolutely <laughs> sweating by the end of it. And the other thing is, there's uh, this massive dog. Like an Alsatian thing, but probably even bigger than Alsatian. I can't quite remember. In my head, it was huge anyway. And they said to us, um, was it Tuem Le Chien? Which basically says, like, do you like dogs? I think. And in my poor French, rather than saying, we, j'aime le chien, I like dogs, I said, je suis un chien, which translates as, I am a dog. And uh, I just remember, (laughs) I just just remember them absolutely pissing themselves. And it was at that moment that we were eating snails. So I think I was like embarrassed all around. I can't quite remember what they taste like. But uh, yeah, l'escargot, I think they're called. Um, Escargot, mate, just to correct you on your French. French there, go my cargo 360. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I don't, I think a bit like the, I think they say frog's legs are like chicken, but I can't remember what they say snails like. Mm, we'll okay. soon find out, I guess. Well, some potential interesting Patreon content there. So uh, <laughs> yeah. watch this space. <laughs> if you like seeing us throw up. <laughs> yeah, I think I would as well. I'm not very good with stuff like that. So I'm talking myself into a bit of a hole here. But It's uh, a little bit like um, I'm a celebrity food challenge. Yeah, it? I'd struggle with that. I'd struggle mm. with that big time. I'd rather yeah. do that than the, than the the height one, definitely. Oh, see, I wouldn't. Oh, God, yeah. that height one's horrific. Everyone's different, aren't they, I suppose? Mm. Um, but would you be happy with a seventh place finish this year? Because realistically, and I don't want to jinx it, it looks like Wolves will be the only club rivaling us for that spot. Yeah, because it means you get, um, if I think, I think if um, Liverpool, Chelsea, who's left, Man City, win the cup, and the only, it's the only one we don't want to win it is Crystal Palace. I think if that's the case, it goes down to seventh place that you get into the, um, uh, what's it called, Conference League, and at the end of the day, yes, it's not the Europa League and it's certainly not the Champions League. I'd take it. Another repeat of going to these foreign countries and watching West Ham. Uh, I'll take it any day of the week. So, yeah, I would, I would, I'd rather we finish sixth, obviously. That's obvious. But if we was to finish seventh, whilst it would be a slight disappointment, I'd still be excited for the European competition again. All day long. Totally agree. Totally agree. And listen, 
Maybe we'll finish higher. So I'm only giving worst case here. But uh, mm. if that would be the worst case and we qualify for that. And I think, I think I said this to you as well. Part of me would like to go to some of these obscure places, you know. I mean, mm. the Seville's and the Leon's, they're f- absolutely fantastic. But some of these places that you'd possibly go and visit in the Conference League are places that you would never dream of going to visit in everyday life. And that, something about that appeals to me. You know yeah, what I mean? So uh, yeah. I think I think you get that in the conference league. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'll take that as well. Um, a big game next with Everton coming to London Stadium after the international break. At this stage of the season, would you class this as a must win? I think if we're going to achieve anything in the league, then yes. Um, obviously, Arsenal have hit form now, which is annoying. Spurs are doing all right. Manchester United are doing okay. So, you know, Wolves are there or thereabouts. So th- all those teams, they're almost all in like a breakaway group now, aren't we? In order to keep pace with them, we, we need to beat Everton. You know, Everton have had a poor, poor season by their standards. They haven't improved at all under Lampard. They've just lost 4-0 to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup, which was their sort of one hope of having a you know a decent outlet for this season. So I think we've got to go into that game looking to win win quite comfortably. You know, go two nil up, maybe three nil up and then if if that was me and we do that well, then I'm you know, make subs, take off Antonio, take off Bowen if he's fit, take off your key players and just try and close the game out. Yeah. You've got to get the three points, though. I wouldn't. Some people would say sacrifice a weaker team so that you're so that you're fit for for the European game. But I don't think so. I think he's going to play his strongest team in every game now for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and to be fair, that's what Moisey tends to do, isn't it? So yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree with that. And you know, fucking hell, if we nick a one 0 win against Everton. And we haven't been great in the day, but it goes in off Antonio's arse. You'd take that, wouldn't you? Because it is all, it's all about the points at this stage of the season. And we are approaching the running now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big game. Big game there. Mm-hmm. Right, OK. So, there's a couple of other bits um, that I think we should talk about. Um, the first one being two events to tell people about. And I want you to take lead on this, if possible. Uh, starting with the one in London before the Everton game, funnily enough. So, uh, talk to us about what we can look forward to there. Okay, so it's the usual pre-match event with all the usual perks. Um, Unlimited drink, nowhere else offers you that. You you go to Stratford, you pay £5, or even to the London Stadium, you you pay £5, £66 for a pint, you know, and that's it. And then it takes you hours to get served. You come here, you pay £30 or £25 if you're a patron, and you you get served immediately, um, and you can drink as much as you like. Obviously, West Ham environment, flags, video, DVDs, uh, DJ Pulse on the ones and twos. Um, You know, that's worth it. That's worth the entrance fee on it on its own coming in your ears any that. place any time. Um, so <laughs> such a that's such a cringy tagline, mate. Seriously, how did you ever get away with that? But, <laughs> well, I nicked it from Phoenix Knights to be fair. Oh, but okay. it's, it's, a, it's a timeless line. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll use that until I'm in my box. I think. <laughs> you won't be coming anyone's ears then no will you that'd be, uh, be, uh, be quite a talent if you did um, uh, yeah true yeah. Never, never been done before that's for sure no exactly um, I um yeah so a usual usual person Mark Ward hosting you know he calls himself the Evertonian Hammer so quite a fitting game for him to be the host of and on Obviously, the main selling point is that we have two guests for the price of one. Now, anyone that's listened to our podcast, Extra Time podcast, will know that 
Jimmy Walker, A, probably holds the record of, the, um, you know, controvert, not controversially, debatably, the funniest ever podcast we've ever done. is certainly right up there. His original one with us. So funny that we asked him to be a weekly guest on the Patreon now. Um, so he's there with his sidekick, Rufus, Rufus Brevet. Now, you know, Rufus, whilst he didn't play that many games at West Ham, still a great character, still played at a time when Paolo Di Canio was there. You know, the season we got relegated, played under a load of different managers, Pardew, Brookin, um, Rhoda, you know, he, he was there. So he's got great stories, but Jimmy just bounces off him. And you would have heard it from the podcast we did with Rufus when Jimmy wrote the three questions. That event is just going to be absolutely hilarious. And, you know, tickets have been relatively slow, let's be honest, but they, they tend to be a little bit on a Sunday. So if you do actually buy a ticket, then, um, then you're going to be in a sort of, a, 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 a an environment where you're going to be able to get drinks and it's not crowded at all. Mm, absolutely, mate. Well said. I can't wait for that. I think it's going to be great. Mm. So now take us across the pond, mate, um, to the last game of the season, which is also Mark Noble's last game, Brighton away. Um, where are we going to be? What are we going to be doing? Because I can't well, wait for this. Well, yeah, exactly. For me to miss Noble's last ever game for West Ham, it would have to be something significant. And it is. We should be going, or no, not we should, we will be going back to Vegas um, for that game, uh, which is confirmed as Sunday at three o'clock, is it? I think from memory or four o'clock, can't remember, but either or. Um, and we'll be going out to Vegas to have an event uh, same setup as it is uh, um, the stadium uh, is at the home game. Sorry, slightly different in some respects in the fact that it's in the morning, so it will be unlimited drink. But um, it's obviously different times of day. Uh, we should, but we'll be watching the game together, um, and, and all fans groups from across the United States, and we've got people trying getting their tickets and should get their tickets now. Uh, John, the organiser, um, is just going to update the website, um, which I believe will probably be done today or tomorrow. And once that's done, boom, get involved and get on it because it'll be an amazing experience. You know, we've been cooped up in England for far too long. Um, you know, let's get out to Vegas and enjoy what is the last game of the season. It could be an absolutely crucial game for us as well um, in terms of the league position. And it'll be just after, hopefully, your Open League final. So it could be a massive, massive week for you. Could you get in Spain, like we will be, hopefully, and then fly out to Vegas? A week of dreams, that is. No, oh, mate, it's going to be amazing. I mean, not forgetting we've already done this before in Vegas, and that was incredible, absolutely yeah. incredible. We're hoping to replicate that again in May. And, uh, you know, I, for one, can't wait. It's had its challenges, you know, behind the scenes to um, to get this to where it needs to be and to get it over the line has been difficult. You know, poor old John in Vegas, who's been our man on the ground out there. Mm. You know, he's, he's really had to fight to uh, get this over the line. We won't bore you with the reasons why. But if you have booked, and I know a lot of you have booked um, flights, hotels and a ticket to be there. Um, as safe as ours is, we're uh, we're there now. So uh, hopefully you can come and join us, whether you're in America, because we've got a lot of uh, American listeners, or if you're over here or anywhere and fancy uh, celebrating what's been a fantastic season in style 
in Vegas, lose all your money in the casinos, as we are no doubt going to do, if I don't carry some of that luck with me that I had last time. Or oh, just bet on what you <laughs> bet on and make loads of money. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's going to be a right good crack, honestly. And uh, having all West Ham fans together like that anywhere is brilliant, but to do it in Vegas is, uh, is going to be special. So, yeah, so watch your space. Um, if you haven't booked your tickets and you fancy it, then get involved because it's, like I say, it's going to be a right good crack. Now, the last thing I want to talk about... Um, and this is sort of something that's been ticking over in the background for a little while now. And uh, you, you couldn't make the first meeting. So I had it. And I said to you, mate, you've got to get on this. And I couldn't make the second meeting. So we've had two separate meetings with this company. But I don't know how much we can say or how much we should say at this stage. Because we're, we're both so excited about this. And we're so excited about the patrons and, and taking their experience to the next level in, in terms of their communication with each other, with us, etc. Um, what are you comfortable saying about what we are going to be launching very soon? I mean, we could probably say the, the bulk of what it is, really. Obviously, the ins and outs of it aren't completely concluded yet, but they're not not—they're not far off. But I think we can explain what it is because it's a really exciting addition to Patreon. I think this will really take Patreon to the next level for, for numerous reasons. Do you want me to say a bit more? I, I was going to say, I was expecting a little bit more. Okay. Detail. I wasn't sure if I was setting you up to say it. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, so basically, it's like a, it's an online platform via the app Telegram, which is basically the same as WhatsApp. The only difference between that and WhatsApp is that um, it, it makes your number anonymous on Telegram, whereas WhatsApp, everyone can have your number. And also you can have, you can only have a maximum of 250 people in a group chat, whereas on Telegram, I think it's unlimited. Um, we've, we've agreed to work with this um, company who can basically uh, create that platform for patrons. So it's, it'll be like a message. You, you'll be on Telegram um, and you'll be able to message in group chats. There'll be like a group chat for say, we're going to have one for tickets. We're going to have one for like way days. We're going to have one for transfers. We're going to have one for team news. There'll be stuff on there where people, you just in the WhatsApp group, you go into the WhatsApp group or a Telegram group equivalent and you just message each other like that. Essentially, it gives us the option to be able to say to the listeners, right, in this group, we want you all 30 seconds, post your thoughts on the game. We can use some of those thoughts, you know, voice notes maybe, put them into the podcast. It's just going to add a whole new dimension. You'll be able to message each other. You know, at the moment, Patreon doesn't offer that facility where you can message each other. You'll be able to do that. You'll be able to start up your own chats. You know, you might say, I don't know, I'm going to Leon in my car looking for three other hammers to jump in and split the costs. You'll be able to message each other and sort that out. It's just basically like a, an equivalent of a, a forum, but done it's almost separate to Patreon. It's nothing to do with Patreon, although it will be only patrons that can access it. And um, it will basically be a chance for you to communicate with each other, have chats, like where we do those discussion threads on Patreon. However, these will be like daily. You'll be able to create the discussions like a forum, but on your phone. And it, in the, the promo that I was shown, re, like a number of other podcasts and 
patrons for other clubs use it so i looked at anfield rap i think it's called and how they use their how they use this platform and it looks amazing i think it's just going to give patrons this extra level of engagement with us and with each other that will really push the platform on to the next level and i think to celebrate that we'll do the refer a friend um promo too as well because that worked well for next term the winner got a signed mark noble shirt um, as he posted on twitter um so it'll be a great prize for the next um the next winner and um yeah just to celebrate it i think it is gonna really take patron to another level now where you can just engage with each other so much more than you could before you're spot on mate you're absolutely spot on i'm sold on what you just said mm. that's for sure because we are both so excited about it yes. i mean you know listen from day one me and x promised you value for money and we hope that we deliver against that and have done for the last nearly 18 months but with this listen i shouldn't even say this really but this does come at a cost to us but it doesn't come at a cost to you because me and X discussed this. We said it's a no-brainer. We've got to implement it. The patrons are going to love it. And we both decided you are going to get this for free. So this comes at no extra cost. This is all tied into your £5 a month subscription. And I just think when you look at forums, they're very popular. They always have been. Purely because of the, the communication and the sort of camaraderie of being part of a group, I think. You look at certain other sites and they're still to this day going after 20 years now not much has happened in these forums in terms of the usability and the the sort of visual um aspect of it so a lot of these forums are quite dated we tried it ourselves on patreon and it was a bit sort of 2001 ish Mm. but this is fucking revolutionary trust me you know everyone who uses whatsapp to this uh, essentially it's a whatsapp kind of format you know you what you're going to see is a, a sort of whatsapp experience but you can all talk to each other you can text each other and us will be involved in it as well but you can upload videos you can get involved in different subjects it is going to be absolutely superb so we're really excited to bring this to you so we are going to be i think you know we've got a little bit of donkey works doing the background to get this all up and running so that it's it's all proofed and it's ready to go and then i think we're going to get some sort of a, a tutorial video from our partners to show you how to use it and it is exclusive to patreon so you know to boy with the technicalities of it we upload a file containing the email addresses of every patreon we've got and essentially if you're not a patreon registered with an email address you can't get in so it really is patreons only so we are literally taking a fantastic community we've already got and maximizing it by a hundred percent and everyone's going to have a great time on this. And it really will take your patron experience to the next level. So we're really excited. And that will be coming soon. I think what you said is really important about some of the forums being 2001-ish. I think they are. You know, there's some websites out there with forums that have done brilliantly and are still got very loyal um users of it and that will never change those people will be loyal to those forums so the cows come home and fair play to the forums for having that but this is like the modern day version of forums you know it's 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 easy it's on your phone it's it's instant it's it's you can upload as you said videos sound files you know all sorts of polls like as in voting polls all sorts of stuff like that just and it's just like a a more improved version of a a forum and you and it's going to be so exciting and you know we've got a two-week break now 
for the next West Ham game. So I think realistically we would like to get it done in these two weeks, but hopefully we will do. And um, yeah, and I think I think you'll love it. You know, like I said, even for like away days, just messaging, you can say, right, it's Norwich away this weekend. Where's everyone drinking? You know, you can agree to meet up there. And if, if plans change, you know, you get to Norwich and wherever the pub is, you agree to meet in and then it's suddenly not taking away fans. So away fans not welcome here. We're going to this one. It's just even things like that. It's just going to add a whole new, um, just real timeness to everything. Mm, exciting times, mate. Exciting yeah, buzzing. Times. And, uh, like I say, I don't know if we've done it justice, but you know, when you see the tutorial video, uh, hopefully you'll you'll kind of buy into it as much as we have and uh, you'll enjoy yourselves a bit because like I don't say, be put off by the technology you know I'm the most technophobia person no, there is you know yeah. I, I struggle to turn on a laptop but when I was watching this um, tutorial I understood it first time and I would feel very confident that I could work that now so if you're sitting there thinking oh this is too complicated for me I barely can work patron then um then don't worry, it's easy. But and if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Patreon will still exist. Patreon will be exactly the same as it was of course. before. Nothing will change your Patreon. Mm-hmm. This is just an added feature to it. Yeah, yeah, very well said, mate. Very well said. Right, okay, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.